Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. In uh, looking at Sefer Agadah on Bereshit, now we're on page 18, we got to a very interesting story, tragic story of Cain and Heaven. So what happened between those two brothers is the first sibling rivalry that we find in the Tanakh, and there are many more uh, examples later on. So the Midrash says, the Farvayomer Cain el Hevel Ahiv, Cain told Heaven his brother. That's a pasuk that is, when you look at the Torah, there's a uh, serious problem with this pasuk because uh, the way events turn out, first, Cain brought a sacrifice and offering to God, then Heaven did the same thing. God accepted Cain, uh, Heaven's offering and not Cain, and Cain got upset. God talks to Heaven and says to Cain, he says, why do you get upset? You don't have to get upset. And he tells him whatever excuse he says, the Yetzer Hara is always there, the evil inclination, and you have to fight it. But he doesn't really say why I accepted your brother's offering and not yours. Then the Torah says, Vayomer Kain Elevel Ahiv. Kain spoke to Hevel, and when they were in the field, Vayakum Kain Elevel Ahiv, Kain killed his brother. So what is missing from the story? The dialogue. What was it that Cain told Hevel? So the Midrash says, Amar Cain lehevel, bo'un halaket ha'olam. They said, let's divide the world between us. They're the only people in the world. Their parents are home, and they are sort of like the first humans, so they control the whole world. Cain says, let's divide the world between us. Amar lohen, okay. Amar Cain, tol ata eta metaltelin, v'ani eta karkaot, v'itnu b'nehen, so they said, like, you, I'll take real estate, I'll take the, the land, that's Cain. And Heaven said, I'll take all the portable uh, possessions. And this way we have, it's very clear who, who owns what. If it moves, it's mine. If it could be moved, it's mine. If, it's, if it doesn't move, it's real estate, it's yours. So Cain took the land. And the, the reason the Midrash says that they made this division is this really the, the, um, the hint to the symbolism of the story. Because we have to understand Cain and Hevel are also symbols of humanity. And in, 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 within humanity, within different societies, you have people who, who cherish different types of, of possessions. So you have Cain, it's from the word Kinyan, possession, Hana. And the reason we call real estate real estate is because we consider them to be the one thing that can never be taken away from you. This is the real possession. So the real kinyan belongs to, to Cain, the real, the real ownership. Uh, uh, also in Hebrew it's called nichseh delanaidei. Nadlan is for nichseh delanaidei. Unmovable properties. Meaning that they're always your. How can someone steal your, uh, uh, your possession? I mean, unless... You cannot take land on your back. Right, not on your back. Unless you do it through squatting, 
and then the people come and sit in the land and then you can't take them out. That was, that was a problem that already in antiquity people had to uh, deal with in legislation. So this is guy in heaven, the, the meaning of the word heaven in Hebrew is vanity and also vapor, like uh, thing, you know, that's why vapor and vanity are related. They disappear. So heaven owns the movable possessions because they disappear. They're not as reliable as real estate. So the real uh, message behind what the rabbi is saying here is that kind and heaven represent two factions of society that were constantly um, at war with each other. Not today as much. Even today you could say, you could see people who amass power and, and, and possession by being real estate developers and, uh, and, and constructors. But in antiquity it was between the nomads, the, the what? The farmers and the ranchers. The farmers and the, right, the, farmers, the farmers who want to be in one, one place to, uh, to take over the land and the ranchers who, who wander from place to place. In antiquity it was the city dwellers and the nomads. So Cain and Heaven represent different types of, of uh, civilization of society. But what happened as a result? Now that each one owns one part, comes the classic uh, problem of human beings that once you know, we have our territories, I don't want you in my territory. So, it heal heavily rotted that zone. Amar lokain adama zo shata omed alia sheli. So, now, but heaven has animals, so he needs to, to have them grazed. So, Kain says, take them off my land. It's my land. He has nowhere to go because all the land belongs to Kain. So Hevel tells him, The wool you're wearing belongs to me. Take it off. If you only own land, if you only own land, you only own the land. You can't have the product of the land. So one of them says, Take off your clothes. The other one says, You start, start hovering, start floating in the air, because you can't stand on my, on my ground. And they start fighting with each other, and kind kills Hevel. Again, there's a... There's a message here. It's very simplistic to say that they're fighting like that. But what the, what the rabbis want to tell us is that humanity cannot succeed without cooperation, without sharing knowledge. If you can't live on the land alone, and you can't live with movable possessions alone, everybody needs the and the more we need each other, and the more we're able to uh, share our resources and our knowledge, the more society evolves. There's another Midrash about what happens between Kain and Hevel, which is not recorded in Sefer Agada, but it's a famous one, brought in Bereshit Rabbah. And according to that Midrash, there are, there are actually three opinions of what were they arguing about. And when you have three opinions, you realize it's not literal. It, it, it's not really what they say, what they said, but just, a, uh, again, a symbolic suggestion. According to one, uh, to one opinion... They, were, they had this fight over the land. You cannot stand on my land. According to another opinion, they, uh, they were fighting over a woman. Who was that woman? One, one opinion says that before God created Hava, he had a prototype that didn't work, and he cast her away. And they found her, and they said, I want to have her as a wife, because she's not their mother. But that is, of course, again, not literally, because we don't assume that God creates prototypes that don't work for him. It would put him in a negative light. According to another Midrash, they had uh, sisters 
that they had to marry because otherwise, who are they going to marry? So each one of them was born with a twin sister and each one of them married his sister. So again, this not to be taken literally, that's the, the, an attempt to explain how humanity came about if you only have two people. But the Midrash says that one of them, Hevel, actually, had two twins, meaning they were triplets. So now he has an extra sister. Cain says, she belongs to me because I'm the firstborn. Hevel says, oh, she's belong, she belongs to me because I'm the brother. That's the second opinion. Third opinion says, they were fighting over the Bet HaMikdash. Bet HaMikdash is going to be built thousands of years later. But according to the Midrash, they lived in the area of the future Bet HaMikdash. And one of them said, Bet HaMikdash, the temple will be built on my territory, on my land. The other one says, it will be built on my land. So now what is the meaning of this Midrash that they were fighting over possession, over a woman, or over Bet HaMikdash? Again, it's an insight of the rabbis into the way human societies work. You look at most of the war, the wars waged in the world and crimes are conducted either because of possessions of money, which is the first story, don't stand on my land, don't wear my clothes, right? Each one wants to have more than what the other has. Or it's done because of lust or desire that people disguise as love. It's not really love, it's not romance. It's more the male ego that to show who has more uh, power and who has more women falling for him. That's the second midrash that they're fighting for, for a woman, whether it's Hava or a sister. And the third midrash that they, that they fight over the Beta Migdash, these are the wars that people conduct because of religion. How many wars were waged in the name of religion? Not only in Judaism, Christianity, Islam, every believer at a, at a certain point in history came to the other to the believer of, of the other faith and said, I love you so much and therefore I want you to believe in my, in my faith because that's the only way to redemption and if you will not believe I have no choice but to kill you, but I still love you anyway uh, so, so the rabbis say you say you have different there are different uh, fissures different fracture, uh, fracture lines along which Society breaks apart and fights with each other. It's either about possession, it's about desire, it's about religion. But unless we find ways to work together, it's not going to work. Um, finally, you want to, study or to continue with that. Okay. So one, one more. Yes, you have a... the the, uh, the the initial part of the story about the about the offerings that were yeah. accepted. That's not what the fight was about. No. That was something else. That's the trigger. It seems like that was just the trigger. And that is an interesting question by, by itself, which is, why did God accept one and reject the other? There's no clue in the Pasuk. The rabbis interpreted in the Midrash, they said that, uh, Kain brought some of his fruit, the fruits that he uh, harvested from the field, and he brought the choicest of his uh, of his sheep. So they said the kind brought a sort of like second class offering, and Hevel brought the best. That's why God accepted one and rejected the other. 
but still it's not enough. But maybe because it was just, maybe it was just rejection, and maybe it was just, Kayan's got to learn how to deal with rejection, that's part of life. Right, right, I think that's what it is, that Hashem says, you have to learn, sometimes things don't work for you, you have to learn to deal with rejection, because if it's only about the quality of the Korban, God would still have to recognize that Kayan had the initiative to bring the offering and still accept it. And also, if you think about it in terms of they were like children coming to a parent. If, if, if you have two children and one of them worked very hard on making a project for you and the other one scribbled on a, on, a, on a page a couple of words, I love you, you know, for Father's Day and they give it to you. If you would tell, if you tell the one that didn't work so hard, oh, I don't want that, you know, just put it in the garbage. You're going to lose him. You can accept both and say thank you so much. And the, the, the kid will feel at a certain point that he wants maybe to do more. But rejection is not going to work. Uh, but I think that's the point of the next Midrash. And that's a very uh, powerful one. This is on the Pasuk, Kol Demei I hear the voice of the blood of your brother screaming to me from the land. Because the, land, the Torah says that the land swallowed or absorbed the blood, so God tells, literally God tells Cain, you think that the, the land covered up for your crime? No, it didn't. I could hear the blood crying out. But Rabbi Shimon ben Yuhai says the following. That, that it's, uh, this, what I'm going to say is very hard to say, very hard to verbalize. What is it? Two atletin is from the Greek athlete. Very appropriate, you know, with the, with the Olympic Games going on. But the athletes of the time of Rabbi Shon Bar Yochai were not like today's athletes. Today, if you win, you get the, the gold or the silver or the bronze. And if you don't, you're disappointed or you're embarrassed or whatever. But back then... If you win, you live. If you lose, you die. Because his athletes are the gladiators. So he says that they wrestle in the arena in front of the emperor. The king, the emperor, had the right at every at a certain point to separate them. One of them killed the other. The practice was in the Greek and Roman culture, that the winner, when he uh, throws his, op- his opponent to the ground, he puts his foot on his neck, on his, on his belly, and looks up to the, to the emperor. And the emperor can decide, thumbs up, he's going to die, and he's going to live, thumbs down, he's going to die. And usually, the crowd would want to see action, would want to see blood, and, you know, there was... The WWF of, uh, of antiquity, this is what they had. So everybody wanted to see blood, so they all thumbs down, and the emperor would usually follow suit, and sent, basically sent that, that person to death. So now, The slain uh, gladiator is now crying. He says, how can I seek justice from the emperor? 
כל דמי אחיך צועקים אליי. זה זה סיים דינג, with the blood of of heaven crying out from the mouth. What Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yochai is saying is mind boggling. You know what he says? He says that it's God's fault. He says that heaven was crying out to God, telling him, why did you let Cain kill me? Right? So, go back to what you said, Abraham, and say, when, when God accepted the offering of heaven and rejected the offering of Cain, he started a dispute among the brothers. Instead of calming Cain, instead of telling him, I love you too, bring me an offering again and I'll accept it, He says, don't cry. Don't complain. Whatever he says, you have to deal, deal with your demons, right? Or according to another interpretation, he says, you're good enough without that. You don't need my recognition. It didn't work. Cain went and killed Hevel. Now Hevel cries out to God. So Rabbi Shobar Yohai criticizes God in a way, in both on, on two levels. One is in the context of the Pasuk. He says, I, this story is not... a good uh, educational story. And the other one, what he really means is, why is there death in the world in general? And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says it because he's a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva and he lived through the great rebellion of, uh, sorry, the Bar Kokhba rebellion of the Jews against the Romans where some say hundreds of thousands, some say millions of people were, were killed by the Romans. He saw a lot of violence and bloodshed. So he asked the question. So really, what is the answer for that? It's, 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 uh, it's interesting. My personal interpretation is that the Torah tells us the story of Cain in heaven, not as a story that we should follow, but as a, as a cautionary tale. It's telling parents, be careful not to do that. You see what rejection could lead to. If you have two children and you love one more than you love the other, And you show it, and even more so, if you, if you, it's not just about love or not love. If you reject one and accept the other, it will lead to disaster. And you cannot cover up for it. Right, right. So it's a cautionary tale. And I'm just saying that the amazing audacity and courage of Rabbi Shabbat Yochai of interpreting the Pasuk like that. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.